0: Tech stocks are shaking off their rocky start to the year, the NASDAQ 100 hitting a new all-time high once again, yes, yet again, the comparisons to the tech boom of the late 90s. It is Monday, January 22nd. Welcome to the Tech Check Podcast. I'm Deirdre Bosa with Mark Gilbert. Good morning, Mark. Welcome back.
1: Hello, Dee. Thank you very much. A note over the weekend caught our eye from a veteran Wall Street strategist by the name of Ed Yardeni. Uh, who would be familiar to the CNBC audience, writing that potential Fed easing risks fueling irrational exuberance, that irrational exuberance similar to the late 1990s. He even asks in this note over the weekend, is NVIDIA today's Cisco, noting that it's quote, starting to remind us of the parabolic ascent of Cisco stock during the tech bubble of the the 1990s. I know this always sort of comes up whenever there's any moment of tech all-time highs. D. But but what do you think about this comparison?
0: So rational exuberance. I thought this has been like a phrase that's been in our lexicon forever, but it actually comes from somewhere from history, um, and it was this phenomenon discussed by former Fed Chair Alan Greenspan in a very famous December 5th, 1996 speech titled "The Challenge of Central Banking in a Democratic Society." But basically this is what led to the irrational exuberance of the dot-com bubble. And that is what Ed Yardini is making reference to. And the idea that if you don't cut when you're supposed to, it can create a bubble in the stock markets that can lead to an eventual crash. Gilbert, we've been talking about this for the last year or so, right? Because there's always these comparisons when tech starts to go crazy. And certainly AI mania has been underpinning these like incredible gains, especially just in such contrast to 2022, we saw the whole sector go down a leg, um, raising comparisons, this isn't new, but the start this year kind of begs that comparison again, right. And We looked at the numbers, we looked at the valuations, and we've come to the same conclusion we came to last summer, that so far, at least, this moment of AI mania and tech rally, it's really got nothing on the dot-com bubble. But that doesn't mean that Wall Street getting a little bit nervous that that's not warranted. Um, So let's break it down. And Gilbert, like, his whole thesis is that if the Fed doesn't do what it needs to do, it could lead to that. He's not saying that we're here now.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then, and if you sort of look at the numbers, NVIDIA video would have a lot further to run before any kind of crash, which is which is basically what he's talking about. That as as rates come down, as the Fed cuts rates, there's all this sort of money that's poured into, uh, you know, money market funds or just savings account, mm-hmm. and all of that money is going to flow out of there and into yes. uh, the stock market. So, but if Thank you look you that, for making that
0: point, and right. w- The money markets is something that comes up all the time these days. Um, a tr- the, and they let's just put a figure on that. They have attracted a record $6 trillion in assets. So there's the argument that if rates um, get cut, they're going to be looking for yield elsewhere, not just in those money market funds, but go into places, riskier places like tech.
1: I mean, there's that story even from a, from a year ago that people were, uh, you know, that uh, like in terms of Google search re- uh, results, like tons of people were searching for Fed Direct, which is where you can buy um, you know like treasury bills directly from <laughs> yeah. the US government and then all of a sudden for the first time in 3 decades you know uh, T bills were yielding you know 3 4 5% and people were just going and parking their money in, in you know I mean, US sovereign all you, debt
0: all you need is a good savings account a year ago i put um, you know some i opened up an apple savings account because they offered, you know, 4% plus yeah,
1: 4.5% um, APY. Yeah.
0: But SoFi does it. And so it's just really the big banks that haven't really caught up to that. But you could look at like a Goldman Marcus as well. Um, but that's all you had to do. I looked over the last year because I got my update in January. And I was like, wow, just for parking my money there, I made a good penny that I never had to look at, never had to worry about. It's like your risk-free rate of return.
1: So basically, that's Ed Yardeni's argument, right? That we've had this this uh, risk free rate of return, and that when that starts to dissipate or go away in the next, you know, I mean, it could be soon if the Fed starts to cut rates this year, that money's going to go back into the stock market, and we could see another, you know, uh, late '90s party like it's 1999 tech bubble moment, um, you know, and that that would involve stocks running up. Basically, our point with that we're making is that. Uh, you know a stock like Nvidia would have a lot further to run before it got to any sort right. of 1999 level so if we, if we take it back to the late 90s Cisco had a price to earnings ratio of nearly 150. Nvidia right now is at 80 but if you even look at its forward PE which is based on the expected earnings that it's going to have in the next fiscal year Nvidia is expected to grow a lot so it's supposed to have good earnings next year its PE ratio is just 50. Cisco's growth outlook back then was just 30 percent so you know Nvidia's expected growth rate this year is 119%. So you're looking at at uh, you know less expensive stocks in today's era and they have better growth prospects.
0: Which is all to say that um, from a valuation point of view these stocks may not be an Nvidia may not be as risky as a Cisco back then. The fundamentals look a little more reasonable. Um, and, you know, we should we should post, maybe we'll post it to our Twitter or X account, that great chart that our producer, Jasmine Wu, found just showing some of those valuation multiples like the P ratios of Cisco, Yahoo, some of the others at that time. I always go back to that and just like love looking at it because it gives you a good framework when you are in these sort of ground shifting narratives like AI or the internet or the mobile shift. Um, And this is the point that we've made before. We'll continue to make a mark because it (laughs) kind of just blows my mind every time I think about it. NVIDIA shares more than tripled last year. So when you look at that, you're like, okay, this thing is crazy. You can't repeat that. Maybe you can't repeat it, but it actually lagged fundamental growth of the business. So earnings nearly quadrupled, the stock tripled. One lags the other. From a valuation point of view, you can make the argument that NVIDIA is cheaper this year than it was at some point last year.
1: Right, exactly. Because the the actual business fundamentals and, you know, very simply, like the sales of chips and the demand for chips is outpacing even this fantastic run up in uh, in the stock, which looks sort of so uh, so unbelievable when you look at it on an absolute basis. But if you actually compare it to how the fundamentals of the business are performing, it's it's not really that that out of hand.
0: Yep so that is nvidia and you can make similar arguments for the rest of the magnificent seven as well Um, amazon has one of the highest valuations right because um, amazon is thought to be this company that (laughs) creates businesses out of thin air like aws years ago but more recently advertising right so you're paying for that that those earnings are further off but when you look at an apple a google a microsoft um even a meta, you can see that these price to earnings ratios are more reasonable, a lot more reasonable than they were for the tech darlings of the 1990s. But let's talk about an area which is harder to justify, where you could actually ask that question, is this irrational exuberance? Do the fundamentals line up? Are they really growing as fast as you know their P ratios tell us they should be? And that software sector that we've been talking a lot about this year, a new normal, new growth rates, And really, this is a sector whose rally has been fueled, arguably, and some people are gonna take issue with this, but I stand by it, arguably less by AI and this generative AI shift, more by the prospect of Fed rate cuts. I think, Gilbert, about some of the darlings of this space over the last few years, like a Zoom, like a DocuSign, even like a Palantir, I'm sorry, I know it has an AI proposition, but it's not as obvious as an NVIDIA or even a Google or Microsoft. but their P ratios are much higher than that, even of Nvidia. So it looks a little frothier. And if you take the sector as a whole, by looking at the software ETF, the IGV is the ticker. That's up twenty five percent over the last three months and outperforming the broader Nasdaq this year.
1: Yeah, and, and I think you're sort of making the the most important point here, which is that right, Nvidia has you know is is highly valued, but you're paying for uh, you know this this fast growing. Uh, you know, improving fundamental business, uh, right? That they're, they're, as I said before, they're they're selling more chips. There's more demand for chips, but in a lot of these software businesses, the stocks are you know bottoming, but at the same time, the fundamentals are not improving, right? These fundamentals mm-hmm. are are significantly lower than they were, uh, you know, two three years ago.
0: You take a Salesforce, right, which is a darling of the software space, and even its expected growth of this year is, or and next year, it's like 10, 11%. So these aren't like the software names that were growing at 30 plus percent, which we talked about as well in a previous pod and previous TV segments as a new normal for software. So can they justify these valuations or are they also going to be sort of upstaged by a new generation of software companies that may be coming to public markets or not, but where a lot of the new generative AI spending is going? I think I just want to-
1: yeah. yeah. And, and there's I think the, the grain of salt is, uh, you know, maybe the maybe the uh, the share price is not out of whack, but is the or, you know, maybe the share price is sustainable for a company like NVIDIA, but is the fundamental story sustainable? Yeah. Right. Like, are you are you going to have, you know, there are stories over the weekend about about how much how many, uh, you know, how much chip compute power meta has amassed right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, are they going to keep amassing at the same rate than they have for the last year or two, right? Does NVIDIA, uh, you know, continue to sell this volume of chips at these high prices uh, for the foreseeable future? And that's really the question. It's it's less about valuation and more about the fundamentals of the business. Does that continue to perform the way it has been?
0: Well, a good fundamental question, too, is competition, something we've spent a lot of time about talking about and, you know, AMD feels like the competitor that has, you know, really high end chip that's going to come out this year, that's going to be able to do a lot of the compute power needed for generative AI models. And actually, we should note that while the chip sector. No one's done better than the chip sector this year. Um, AMD was down today, and that was on sort of tempered expectations. There was um, an analyst note out this morning that said that sure, AI is hot, but it's not going to be that hot. And the stock was down three percent, I think, last time I looked. And yeah, it
1: was. Uh, it was just North, a reminder. Northland Capital, not a yeah. not a, a shock that we talk about a lot. But yeah, Northland Capital. Um, Cut its, uh, removed its price target for AMD, basically saying AI, yes, it's a big opportunity, but it's not as big as investors are thinking.
0: Right. Um, and side note, well, not a side note, <laughs> keynote. We loved a video today, which you have to check out. We can't get the point across on a podcast, but Jensen Huang was in China for to early celebrate the Lunar New Year. And he was in this Lunar New Year presentation just dancing amazingly um, in a floral vest, shaking around some flowers. Um,
1: (laughs) I've actually heard that that there's some video of you also somewhere deep in the internet archives.
0: (laughs) Yes. You know, I tried to look for it today, but my career, For at CCTV, the the Chinese Communist Network, when I first started as a business news anchor speaking English, I I, it was the year of the rabbit, 2011, and I was in this commercial. I wish I could find it because it was it was great. But you know, the Lunar New Year. Maybe someone on the internet,
1: maybe someone on the internet with really good research capabilities. That video of Dear Trebosa uh, year (laughs) doing a Lunar New Year celebration, Year of the Rabbit.
0: It was Deirdre Wong Morris at that time, pre pre marriage event. So yeah, if anyone, (laughs) please please send it to me. I can't find it, but I would I would love to see it. But that's what you do. But okay, the reason why it's so interesting, Jensen Wong doing that is because the whole bearish argument about nvidia right now not the whole i'm sorry there's competition but a big part of the bearish argument revolves around its china proposition and the export ban nvidia not being able to sell its most powerful chips its most powerful gpus in china um has led some on wall street to believe that you know you could see cracks in this bull case um and in jensen wong being over there is kind of indication that they're going to figure it out and you know, it's it's not going to stop Nvidia. Nothing's going to stop Nvidia at this point. <laughs> but now that we just said that, Gilbert, uh, watch out.
1: Yeah, exactly. Watch out. I mean, it is just worth pointing out that the semis have been the the best performing sector this year.
0: Yeah, and I like this note from uh, Goldman Sachs this morning that said lots of "what if things go right" types of questions, fueled by thematic possibilities and excitement. I thought that was a good roundup.
1: Yeah, because you know, generally as sort of journalists, we do the what if things go wrong. You know, we look at sort yeah. of the downside, and I do think it is worth sort of as a thought experiment: is what if everything goes right? You know, and what do you do with any of these stocks? You know, Nvidia, AMD, Intel, Marvell, uh, Broadcom. You know, what happens if everything goes right for those types of stocks?
0: Yeah, what if everything goes right for tech stocks? I don't know if we're prepared to ask that question yet, <laughs> but a lot is going right at the start of this year, and tech leadership remains. So, will be fascinating to see. How that all plays out especially within the different sectors of tech so we'll be back here tomorrow um, on another <laughs> topic we'll see what the day brings us but make sure to tune in
1: this is a big year the ohio lottery's golden anniversary 50 years of excitement of growing jackpots and crossed fingers 50 years of funding for schools of changed lives and brightened days 50 years of fun and that is worth celebrating